Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, we are talking about the coaching changes the Steelers have made over the past couple days. Not the big sweeping changes I think a lot of Steelers fans are hoping for. Keith Butler, still the Steelers defensive coordinator for the moment. Danny Smith, still the special teams coordinator for the moment, but... A couple other coaching changes have come down. We'll talk about them today. Also, we'll talk about, I mean, we'll talk about the Mike Munchak situation because I think he's just about as good as gone, and it's basically going to be another coaching change the Steelers are going to have to make this offseason as well. So we'll talk about that today as well. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Tony Serino. Finally over that cold I had last week. I tell you what, the holidays are fun and all of that, but you know, you just can't avoid you're around so many people at the holidays, family get togethers, you know, traveling here and there, trying to see everybody and you just can't avoid it. Right? It just feels like every holiday uh, you get you get one of these, and uh, I guess it came at a good week, right? Because the Steelers were eliminated from the playoffs. We had no we had no playoff football to talk about last week, uh, but I am feeling better. Hopefully, I don't sound as nasally as I did last week. Uh, if I do, I, I do I do feel better. So um, so there's that. Uh, if you want to find more of this podcast, though, head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. Search Locked On Steelers. Hit that subscribe button. Get your daily dose. Look, we're going to be doing this all offseason. I'm not going to stop doing this podcast. Now, we might go down to four days a week like we did last offseason, maybe even three days a week at at times. Uh, But there's a lot to go over now, and there's going to be a lot to go over here in the next couple weeks as we kind of digest what happened to this team in the 2018 season. And then, of course, we start talking about the 2019 season. And and today we're talking coaching changes, but there's going to be free agency coming up. And then, of course, it's draft season. I was talking to, uh, to Christopher Carter uh, after last week's interview, and he's doing his own draft coverage, so certainly we're going to have him on. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get John Ledyard on as well, though. You know, he's so busy with his draft network stuff. And by the way, if you're not following him over at Locked On NFL Draft, you absolutely should be listening to that podcast as well, uh, and, and and using the DraftNetwork.com. That is the for me that is the number one source for all draft news. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. You can find us on Facebook. Search Locked On Steelers. Hit the like button. Also, uh, join that Facebook group. I think the Facebook group is going to be where I start putting some of my thoughts, uh, early thoughts about draft prospects as I'm watching tape. Uh, and you can also find us on Instagram. You can find us uh, Locked On Steelers on Instagram. That I think is where I'm going to put a lot of the clips that I uh, of plays for individual players that I like. You can find those on, again Instagram Locked On Steelers. But let's start today with some news and notes. Um, we're going to talk about the AB situation tomorrow. So. I didn't want to talk about AB today. There's a lot to get to with the coaching and all the coaching changes. Uh, there's still more to talk about with AB, though, and we're going to get to that tomorrow. It feels like, you know, what? We did a podcast on Friday. So I talked to Christopher Carter on Thursday night. We talked exclusively about the AB situation. I guess we talked about coaching changes there at the end. But, boy, since since talking to him on Thursday night, it feels like we've gone through, like, two news cycles of – of new information about this AB thing and new reports and then conflicting reports, you know, the A and the Ben Roethlisberger situation. We'll talk about all that tomorrow. But how about this? A funny side thing uh, with the AB situation is that, so AB has this knee injury, right? The one that, the one that kept him out of practice, uh, the one that, you know, he didn't show up for Saturday, but then, you know, Drew Rosenhaus calls Tomlin and says, no, the knee's fine. He can play. Um, well, it turns out AB not good enough to play in the Pro Bowl. And so he is replaced by Juju. Uh, the team MVP, Juju Smith-Schuster, will now be the replacement for Antonio Brown in the Pro Bowl. A little bit of football justice for Antonio Brown there, who, by the way, he does love his personal accolades. And so Juju will get the Pro Bowl nomination uh, and will play in the Pro Bowl over Antonio Brown, who will sit out, again, 
with that knee injury. Alan Fanica is a Hall of Fame finalist. One, I believe, I, I believe that the final what was that list, fifteen or twenty, the last, uh, the last list here before they announce it, um, just before the Super Bowl. I hope Fanica makes it. He certainly is deserving. One of the best guards to play for the Steelers. One of the best guards to play in the in the NFL. Uh, certainly in that period, and, and definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Another player in that Hall of Fame mix right now is, is Heinz Ward, and his name keeps getting brought up during that process. I don't know that Heinz Ward's ever actually going to be a Hall of Famer, though. Uh, you know, Heinz Ward, a very good Pittsburgh Steeler, but does he rise to the level of a Hall of Famer? I'm, I'm just not so sure. Well, you know, look, it, it's definitely not going to happen now when you have you know the big names that are going to make it uh, this year, like Tony Gonzalez and the like, but... Um, you know, maybe in a down year, you could make an argument. Maybe we'll have that discussion in that year. Because certainly in a year like this, there was no way for Heinz Ward to make the Hall of Fame. According to Dale Lolly of DK Pittsburgh Sports, there are four Steelers who are going to have offseason surgery. Uh, Ryan Switzer, the wide receiver slash kick punt returner, uh, he had an ankle injury that I guess he's been dealing with for, for a part of the year. Uh, he tweeted, he actually tweeted that he had the surgery on his ankle. Um, he said he was he was just not healthy all year, although uh, Dale Lolly reported on DK Pittsburgh Sports that Switzer had actually injured that in practice the week before the Patriots game, uh, but it sounded like from what Switzer was saying on, on, on Twitter, maybe it had been before that. Either way, Switzer not healthy at the end of the year, played through it, and now is going to have uh, surgery on that ankle. Anthony Ciccolo, who will be a free agent in this offseason, um, so technically not a stealer, but he's going to have offseason Ankle surgery as well. Chicolo is an interesting one. I mean, I know I think the Steelers can bring him back relatively cheap, right? If they want to bring him back, they certainly can. Now, you know, they're going to have to go through a retooling there at the outside linebacker spot. You know, we're going to talk here in a second about Joey Porter and the and and you know his departure from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so, you maybe the Steelers are going to go through kind of a revamping of that outside linebacker crew. And if they are, then Chicolo's as good as gone. Of course, he's a free agent; it costs them nothing. To let him go. The Steelers also going to have to make a decision on Bud Dupree, though. They're, they're going to have this fifth-year option now where it's going to pay Bud Dupree $9.5 million in 2019. Do the Steelers want to pay $9.5 million for Bud Dupree? I'm not so sure that they do. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. You know, And again, if you, you're going to get rid of Chicolo and Bud Dupree, and then you're going to leave yourself with TJ Watt, Ola Dini, and Keon Adams. I, you know, It'd be interesting to see how the Steelers address the outside linebacker position in the offseason. Then the, the another uh, Steeler getting surgery in the offseason is going to be Javon Hargrave. <clears throat> Excuse me, yeah, this this uh, this cold won't go away. Uh, the Javon Hargrave is going to have surgery in the offseason. No, not, uh, not sure as as Dale Lally reported it. Uh, not sure what kind of surgery he's going to have, but Hargrave will need surgery. Hargrave played terrifically well in 2019, so or 2018. So if if he's if he was dealing with an injury all all season and played that well, hats off to him. I mean, the guy had a, not a, not necessarily a breakout year in 2018, but certainly you have to consider him as needing more playing time now in 2019. Showing what he, you know, showing what he did at the end of the, at the end of the season, he's got to get more playing time. We're going to talk about Tyson Alualu and my disappointment of him this season on a future podcast. But I think Javon Hargrave at this point has to be in that rotation more often. Uh, on that defensive line. And then the final Steeler getting offseason surgery is going to be Christian Scotland Williamson. He's a tight end. He was on the practice squad. He was actually their international player. I think he's a former rugby player. Uh, so Scotland Williamson has a sports hernia that he'll need surgery on. Uh, but he was he was basically given a free spot on the roster this year as their international player. I don't think he'll be given that same designation in 2019. So uh, we'll see how he does as we get into the offseason process of mini camps and OTAs and the like. 
And then finally here in news and notes, I, don't, I, I, I might have mentioned this on last week's podcast. I can't remember if I did, so I put it here on today's news and notes. I think I just wanted to, to make it go away, so I didn't actually read the news and note here on, on last week's podcast. But Matthew Thomas, the inside linebacker for the Steelers, did not sign with the Steelers like the other players from the practice squad and instead has elected to sign for the Baltimore Ravens. So Florida State product who was, you know, he looked, he looked very good in camp, looked very good in preseason. He was very exciting at that inside linebacker position. Now, that was at a different time at inside linebacker. Of course, many Steeler fans went into this season, myself included, so worried about what was going to happen to this football team at the inside linebacker position. And, you know, how, are we, how is this team going to go through 16 games of John Bostic or Tyler Matikiewicz starting at inside linebacker. And, and what we didn't know at the time is that LJ Fort would really emerge there as you're passing down inside linebacker and how much dime this team would use. Remember, the Steelers kind of kept that all under wraps throughout the offseason. They talked about using three safeties and, and using so many defensive backs, but, you know, we talked about the quarters package and dollar and all of that. And so, you know, we went through this time where it was like, God, we're really going to need a playmaker on the inside. And now, that didn't really that didn't really materialize, certainly through Matthew Thomas, and he was eventually cut from the roster, put on the practice squad. Disappointing to see him go to to Baltimore, no doubt about it. Right? Disappointing, first of all, just to see him not sign with the Steelers, that he was unhappy with his role or whatnot, or he feels like he's gonna have a better shot with the Ravens. Uh, but the second part of that, right? That he's going to the Ravens, that's what makes it even worse. Is that Matthew Thomas was a guy who was very, very athletic, looked like he does have some upside there. Now, look, there's no telling this guy's gonna guaranteed be a great starter. In the future, I mean, I don't even know that he, at this point in his career, was an upgrade over a guy like L.J. Fort. The the thing here with Thomas is always about the potential. So, um, you know, it's not like a sure thing is headed off to Baltimore, but it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt even worse if that potential actually comes through, and we have to watch Matthew Thomas as a Baltimore Raven. That is certainly not gonna be fun. So, um, no Matthew Thomas going into this offseason. The Steelers are likely gonna address the inside linebacker position at some point this offseason. I think John Bostic. You can make an argument. Could be a salary cap casualty. You know, his contract at this point, four, four and a half million dollars that you can get away from from a cap standpoint. Do you want to make that move? I think you could, especially if you like someone like a Devin White in the draft who you can get, or if there's another inside linebacker prospect in, in free agency. I think you could see the Steelers move on from Bostic and try to upgrade at that position. I think the Steelers def- definitely should bring back a guy like LJ Ford. All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Steelers' coaching changes that they made both over the weekend. They made it on Tuesday, and it's probably going to continue throughout the week right after this. The NFL playoffs are here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Don't be that guy with no rooting interest as your relatives and friends sit around watching the games. Not this year. The 53rd Super Bowl, just around the corner. It really is the most wonderful time of the year. Make sure you're ready for daily action by signing up at my bookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make the money during bowl season, you got to go with my bookie. I trust them, but you don't take my word for it. Check them out for yourself. Join now, and my bookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for bowl season. Use the promo code LOCKED ON when you deposit. To activate the offer. That's promo code locked on. At my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, now let's finish up today with the coaching changes the Steelers have made uh, both on Tuesday or on Monday and then also over the weekend. And I guess we'll start 
with the one that they actually haven't made yet, but it's it's coming, and it's not really one that they're making. It's more of one that's just going to kind of happen to them, and that is the loss of offensive line coach Mike Munchak, who will very likely be announced as the head coach of the Denver Broncos, if you believe the reports out there. Munchak, very interested in the Broncos' job. The Broncos, very interested in him, and so those two sides likely to come to an agreement very, very shortly. In fact, as you're listening to this podcast, that deal may be done. First of all, I just want to say congratulations to Mike Munchak on, on getting that job, on on kind of parlaying the success that he had in Pittsburgh and to getting himself another shot as a head coach in this league. Look, he, he was head coach of the Tennessee Titans, did not do well there, you know, came came to Pittsburgh following that, did a, did a fantastic job with the Steelers offensive line, and now is going to be uh, get given another shot as a head coach. Congratulations to him. What he did in Pittsburgh as the offensive line coach was tremendous. He built one of the best offensive lines in football. And you can argue, are they as good as the Saints? You know, are they number two behind the Saints? Regardless, this is one of the best offensive lines in football and one of the deepest offensive lines in football. And that, I think, is what's most impressive about what Munchak did, specifically in the 2018 season. You know, this was a team that went into the year, uh, you know, with Gerald Hawkins, a, a not a new player, but, you know, an, an inexperienced player going to come in and be their swing tackle. And he immediately gets hurt out for the year. They had drafted a guy like Chukso Korafor, who was supposed to be this very raw talent, not someone who you'd want to use on day one. Maybe they can stash him, groom him over a couple years, and then bring him in to start, maybe in place of Gilbert over time or in place of Villanueva on the left side. And instead, you know, you have Hawkins go down. And so now maybe Okorafor does have to be that swing tackle. Or maybe it's Matt Filer, a guy who was, you know, pretty much the the eighth, ninth offensive lineman in 2017. And what 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 Munchak did in, in 2018 is take those two guys and turn them into starter-capable players right away. And the same can be said for what he did with B.J. Finney over the past couple years. In fact, you can go all the way back to what he did with Kelvin Beecham when he first got to the organization. And this team didn't have a great left tackle. And he turned Kelvin Beecham into a starting left tackle from the word go. And Beecham was, went from a 6th, 7th round pick into one of the best left tackles in the game. Tears his ACL, so he's gone. Now you insert Alejandro Villanueva, who's been our starting left tackle ever since. Munchak has done a terrific job. And again, as I said, in 2018, what he did with guys like Matt Filer and Chukso Korafor and inserting them on the right side of this line when, when Marcus Gilbert went down in the back half of the year. And this offensive line did not miss a beat. And that's what's been so tremendous about having Munchak as the offensive coordinator, or as, as excuse me, as the offensive line coach, is that this offensive line, when it does have to go through those those slight changes, those little tweaks, oh, you know, Beecham's going to be down, we got to bring in Villanueva. Uh, Gilbert goes down, we're going to have to bring in Filer. This offensive line never misses a beat. In fact, in those moments, they find their next player. That's what happened with Beecham, and in all likelihood, that's what just happened with Marcus Gilbert. Marcus Gilbert was a very good right tackle in this league. But in all likelihood, the Steelers can move on from him, save that money, and, and promote Matt Filer to your starting right tackle as he was at the end of 2018. And I think, you know, that, that's going to, I mean, what, what he's done for that offensive line, but he's also extended the career of Ben Roethlisberger. Right? Let's, you know, Ben Roethlisberger was a guy who was taking so many sacks early in his career. When Munchak got here, this team really put an emphasis on protecting Ben Roethlisberger. And building this offensive line has extended the career of Ben. And extending the career of Ben has extended this Super Bowl window. Now, I know the Steelers haven't really taken advantage of that, 
right? But that's no that's at no fault of Mike Munchak. This window has been extended by Munchak. And then you look at the success of the running game in Pittsburgh over the past couple years. Of course, Le'Veon Bell, one of the best running backs in football, he is going to cash in on Mike on, on in some way on the coaching of Mike Munchak and what Mike Munchak did for Le'Veon Bell in his career. Le'Veon's going to get paid this offseason. And that's in in some way a credit to the to the job of Mike Munchak. The same can be said for James Conner, who had so much success in 2018 in replacing Le'Veon Bell. And the reason why Steeler fans aren't going into this offseason in 2019 hitting the panic button when it comes to running back is because of how good this offensive line was. Now, I'm not taking away from what from what Connor did, but you watch when Jalen Samuels went in the game against the Patriots and the job that this offensive line did in that game as well in helping Samuels put up his own you know great game against one of the best teams in the league. Munchak is terrific. And the Steelers losing Munchak, you know, there there's not going to be <clears throat> Ooh, this this cold. Uh Munchak there's not going to be a a bigger change this offseason than losing Mike Munchak, right? If the Steelers do get rid of Keith Butler, I think a lot of Steeler fans will breathe a sigh of relief. Okay, we can change defensive coordinators, but nothing's going to have the impact on this team like losing Mike Munchak. I know he's got an assistant there that he likes and the Steelers probably like and you know, if he doesn't, if that assistant doesn't go with Mike Munchak, uh, then he likely just becomes this, the uh, the offensive line coach. And so, in that way, you're not going to have to transition fully to a, a new system and all of that. But losing Mike Munchak, I mean, this guy has been the best coach on the Steelers, not named Mike Tomlin. And you can, and I know you guys are going to write it right now and tell me he's better than Tomlin. And look, I, I might even argue with that. I mean, Munchak has been terrific over his career, and this is going to be a huge loss for the team. There is no replacing this. But what he has left is a tremendous offensive line with a ton of depth. You know, if Ramon Foster leaves in free agency, the Steelers insert B.J. Finney, no problem. They can cut Marcus Gilbert, save the cap room, insert Matt Filer. They've got Chukso Korfor, who started in Denver against one of the best defensive lines, one of the best pass rushes in football, and looked pretty good doing it. I mean, this team doesn't have a whole lot of problems on the offensive line right now, both from the starters and the depth behind them. And, and it's not like, look, I get that these guys aren't getting any younger, but it's not like we got a, this those old offensive line is all ready to retire. These guys are all right around 30. The Steelers are going to be fine on the offensive line from a talent perspective. Now, you know, going forward here, I think the offensive line should be fine during the Ben Roethlisberger window, right? That's two more years. The Steelers should be able to parlay what Munchak did into keeping this offensive line going for another couple years before Ben retires, but... Boy, you know, you you just you can't recreate what Munchak did. It was, it's tremendous, and my hats off to him. And as I said, congratulations to him wherever he goes in this league. If it is Denver, my the best of luck to him out there in Denver because he's been tremendous in Pittsburgh. All right, and then let's get to the coaching changes the Steelers actually did make, as opposed to the ones that are likely coming. Um, let's start with the one that they made on Friday. So the Steelers announced on Friday that they would not retain Joey Porter, their outside linebacker coach, going into the 2019 season. Joey Porter originally joined the team as on the coaching staff in 2014. Actually, it may have been earlier than 2014, but it was right around that time when he became an assistant, kind of helping Jarvis Jones in his pass rushing skills. Joey Porter, of course, one of the best pass rushers for the Steelers during that 05 team that won a Super Bowl. A great pass rusher in his own right and joined the coaching staff to kind of help Jarvis Jones develop some pass rush skills of his own. Um, now, you know, Jarvis Jones really struggled early in his career was there any sort of discernible difference between Jarvis Jones before Joey Porter got there and afterwards? You know, 
I don't know that Joy Porter had a whole lot to work with, in the, to be honest. But no, there wasn't, right? And Jarvis Jones was quickly off the team. Now, Joy Porter's also had Bud Dupree and TJ Watt, two other first-round picks, to work with and mold throughout their careers. Um, going into this season, he was, you know, Joey Porter, one of the most heavily criticized members of the coaching staff. You know, right, I think right there with Keith Butler is Joey Porter and Joey Porter's inability to take these high draft picks and turn them into quality edge rushers, right? Guys like Bud Dupree and guys like TJ Watt. So, you know, 2018, certainly a good year for Joey Porter when you just look at the production of a guy like TJ Watt. I mean, the development of TJ Watt in 2018 is the best thing to happen to this defense. On, on, a, on a year where the defense had its problems throughout the year, TJ Watt, probably the lone bright spot. Now, how much credit does, Jar, does Joey Porter get for that? Clearly not a lot because the Steelers got rid of him. Uh, but even you look at a guy like Bud Dupree, you know, I'm not saying Bud Dupree has became an all-star like T.J. Watt did. And I, I, I don't even know that T.J. Watt became an all-star. He looks like he could be an all-star in the future. Um, but Bud Dupree, look, for Bud Dupree, he was healthy, and this was the best of Bud Dupree. What we got to see is likely what, I mean, we, we certainly saw the best of Bud Dupree throughout his career so far. And I think in, in some ways, we might have seen the best Bud Dupree has to offer. And in that way... I think the Steelers can look at that situation and say, do we want to pay $9 million for Bud Dupree going into 2019? Uh, and if not, that saves, again, you save yourself the $9 million. You can use that somewhere else. Now, there was another interesting report, though, about Joey Porter. Maybe this wasn't to do only with production because, as I said, 2018, you know, if you're going to fire Joey Porter, why not fire him after 2017 when that pass rush, you know, again, I know that they led the league in sacks, but, you know, I, I've been saying this, it was, a, it was a mirage all year last year. And you just look at their biggest games, their best games, that the outside linebackers, the edge rushers did not deliver in the big moments. Um, so, you know, if you if you're going to fire him, why not fire him in 2017? Why wait until 2018 when clearly his group had their best years? Right? This is the best of TJ Watt, the best of Bud Dupree, and you're still firing him? Well, according to Mike Prejuda of WDVE, he, he tweeted, quote, had a couple offensive players share complaints about Joy Porter late in the season, that he was trying to pit the defense against the offense in a divisive manner. The approach wasn't understood or appreciated. This looks, smells like a move to address culture and chemistry. Now, in that way, I mean, I will agree. Look, I'll just say this. I, I agreed with, with, you know, cleaning house defensively at the end of the 2017 season. So seeing Joy Porter, Porter go... You know, to me, the Steelers are going to upgrade at outside linebacker coach, right? I understand that 2018 was a very good year for T.J. Watt and even a good year for Bud Dupree, but the Steelers can do much better than Joey Porter as their outside linebacker coach. But then when you you pile on to that, this report now from Mike Prosciutto of WDVE, uh, Joey Porter has to go. Chemistry and culture are just as big a problem with this team as talent at this point. I mean, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about the AB situation tomorrow. But one of the big topics of conversation in Pittsburgh over the past week or so is: Do the Steelers have an AB problem, or do they have a culture problem? And I think the argument, you know, I get the argument that it's just an AB problem, but it has been a culture problem. AB is the last of it now, right? Especially with Joey Porter gone, if you if you believe that report. And well, who knows what else has been going on? And and maybe there are some other dominoes that are going to fall as Mike Tomlin goes on this kind of rampage throughout the organization to remove all of these culture guys out. But the, the, the culture has been a problem for this team in the past. And it, it didn't start in 2018. Hopefully it ended 
in 2018, if we can look at anything from this 9-6-1 and one year as a positive, it's that this clearly sets something off with Mike Tomlin to say, okay, this, this has to be addressed now. I have to address this going forward. And in that way, 2018 can be some sort of positive in what was one of the most disappointing years of Steeler football. But, you know, you look at the Martavis Bryant situation and, you know, asking to be traded twice throughout the year. And, and of course, you know, when Martavis Bryant tweeted that, you know, that's Sammy Coates replacement, not mine, on Twitter, right? Well, the, the, I've said this before, but the only consistency of this football team over the past five years has been the drama. Yeah, they go into Oakland, you know, you, you have no idea what you're going to get, right? You went into that playoff game against Jacksonville, no one saw 45-42 coming. But you know what every Steeler fan can see coming a mile away with this football team? Some sort of drama, always. Always. I don't know what 2019 holds for this team as far as their record, right? Maybe they turn it around. Maybe they get a new defensive coordinator and this team turns it around again and they go 13-3 again. That could happen, sure. And I think, you know, just as likely as this team loses AB, they fall into some sort of, I mean, not mediocrity, but they fall right in there with the rest of the pack in the AFC North. You got Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, two teams on the rise in your own division. This team finishes right around where they did again, nine and seven, eight and eight. That could happen too. But you know what? You know what's you know what's almost guaranteed with this football team? Drama. Some sort of self-created drama that puts this team in the spotlight, not for football reasons, but for something off the field. That when we talk about the killer B era, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, those guys, what is I mean, it's just been drama. It's the killer drama era, not the killer B era. And it's coming to a rapid end. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. But no, I will credit Mike Tomlin in this. If, you know, Joey Porter being the first one to go, if this was about a culture thing, love that move. Absolutely love that. I mean, first of all, I love the move just from a personnel perspective and, and this, you know, bringing in another outside linebacker coach to, to teach up TJ Watt in these developmental years. Love that already. If Joey Porter was a culture problem at the end, see ya. You know, don't we, that's the last thing this, this organization needs. Now, the next move, the one that was announced on Monday, uh, this one a bit more of a head-scratcher. The Steelers announcing that they are not retaining the services of running back coach James Saxon for the 2019 season. So I think when you went into the 2019 season, the last, I mean, maybe not the last, but one of the last position coaches you expect to get fired is the running back coach, especially when you consider that this team lost Le'Veon Bell and, and, you know, I had to go with James Conner, and then James Conner also gets hurt. Now they have to go with Jalen Samuels. And you look at the performance that Jalen Samuels had in that game against New England. I, I just don't understand how James Saxon gets let go. I mean, the, the one thing you'll point to, right, the one thing people can point to statistically is that the Steelers were 31st in rushing in 2018. And if, if that is, okay, that's the only poor statistic you can find, right? James Conner, statistically, you know, after having missed those games, he had, what, 12, 13, 1,400 yards of total yards. He didn't hit he didn't hit 1,000 rushing because he was hurt for so many games, but he had a lot of yards receiving. He's very good out of the backfield. Same can be said for Jalen Samuels, who had, you know, who, who had productive games in place of Conner really outside of that game in Oakland. I mean, yeah, not, not like Jalen Samuels had a ton of success running in New Orleans, but that was by design, right? And that's what I want to get to here. 31st in rushing is not because of James Conner or James Saxon. It's by design. I mean, that's that's a Randy Feekner thing. This team replaced running with short passes. Ben Roethlisberger had one of the, the, 
I think maybe the lowest air yards or effective air yards in 2018 of any quarterback because this was a I'm not saying they were a dink and dunk team but that's you know that's what this team lived on when it came to the running game was more of you know short guys get guys in space use Juju over the middle AB over the middle you know swing pass to to your running back that kind of thing that's what replaced the running game so uh, why is James Saxon being let go I mean your guess is as good as mine I have no idea what the Steelers are thinking with this move. The only thing that I've heard that makes any bit of sense whatsoever is that Bruce Arians, who was just named head coach or is about to be named head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, he and James Saxon have a relationship. Saxon might have felt like, hey, I want to go join Bruce Arians in Tampa. Saxon's contract already up. He's not going to renew in Pittsburgh. Although the the announcement on Steelers.com says that Tomlin told Saxon, we're not renewing your contract. So, I don't know. Uh, this one makes no sense to me. This guy coached Le'Veon Bell to Le'Veon Bell's best years, James Conner to looking like a, like Le'Veon Jr. out there, right? And then Jalen Samuels, who, look, I thought Jalen Samuels was, was was a year away. We all watched him in Oakland. He said, this guy's a year away. You got you to go through the same body transformation that Le'Veon did and, and Conner did, and you know, Samuels needs it probably more than those two guys needed it. And yet, he put up 150, dominated the running game, dominated. And as I said in that game, the thing that's so impressive about that win in New England is the is the plays that Jalen Samuels makes down the stretch. The fact that that last drive in the game, the the, the drive where the Steelers sealed it with that field goal, and they and they ran so much time off the clock was Jalen Samuels running the ball. It wasn't Ben and Juju and AB and you know down the field that way. It was Jalen Samuels running the ball. Jalen Samuels catching the ball. He had a great game. I mean, I know it's just a one-game sample size, but boy, you know, against their biggest rival in, in a huge must-win game. Um, I don't understand this move. I don't. There's there's, uh, there's nothing I can point to other than the Bruce Arians thing. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. Otherwise, I mean, are we just are we just firing guys? Because, yeah, you, we were 31st in rushing, and that's unacceptable. Well, is Feigner coming next? Because I tell you what, it, maybe Feigner is coming. <clears throat> Ooh, this cold. Uh, maybe Feigner is coming next. Although there's no way. There's no way Feigner's coming next. Uh, other, I, I don't know. This makes no sense to me. I, I have no answers for the running back thing. The only thing I'll say here going forward now is if we're if you're looking at uh, you know what's going to happen going forward as far as coaching staff changes, I think Jerry Orlovsky, inside linebacker coach, could potentially be let go. Although not like he was given a whole lot to work with at the inside linebacker position. Um, I think, and then I think Keith Butler and and Danny Smith are the two that everyone's waiting for. I mean, those are the two that make the most sense. They made the most sense going in. Um, if if there are going to be big changes, those are the two big changes that everyone wants to see. Joy Porter's fine. James Saxon, no one's going to understand it, but maybe something internally made sense with that one that we don't know about. Um, and in that way, I guess you just have to trust Tomlin. But the big ones that everyone's waiting for that should happen this week. If they're going to happen, they're going to happen this week. And so, you know, we're all waiting to see if the Steelers make another couple moves here. And, and those moves would be releasing Dan, uh, Danny Smith, the def- the uh, special teams coordinator, and then Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, and move on from those guys. And look at two coordinators in one year, unstealer like but, you know, two guys who are probably deserving of it uh, in 2018. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com, the email address. You can follow me on Twitter at SteelerCountry. I'll be back tomorrow to go over this whole A-B saga, what's the, the, the more we've learned about it in the past four or five days right here on Locked on Steelers.